0: Music with a message on the Messenger of Good News Worldwide KFUO. I'm Gary. This is the Midday Moments program. Thank you for being part of our program today. Thank you for being here. And I do enjoy spending this time with you. Uh, the listeners on KFUO. So I appreciate you. Thanks for making KFUO your radio station on the phone right now. Uh, I have John Lakovsky, and John's the one who's been lining up all of our special guests for the segment we're getting ready to go into on this Monday afternoon. It's our moment on the lighter side uh, segment. And John, thank you so much for lining up all of our guests, but I wanted to bring you on real quick before we bring on St. Peter because our charathon's coming up this week. It's it's going to be Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. That's the 22nd through the 23rd here. Uh, so it's just a couple days away. And uh, I know you're a big part of this radio station, John. Uh, so why should listeners support the Ministry of KFUO?
1: Well, Gary, just real quick, let me say I'm I'm excited because I will actually be with you in person on that that uh, coming Thursday, which we haven't been in person for over a year now right. due to COVID. So I'm excited about that. And, and I guess at first I would say, well, one of the reasons to contribute to KFUO is for the very thing you're going to hear in the next few minutes, this interview with St. Peter. But then I got to thinking, well, maybe not. <laughs> 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 but, but whatever. No, here, here's why. <laughs> because what's great about KFUO is, you know, everything you're going to hear is going to be coming straight from the Holy Bible. Uh, And it comes in all kinds of different forms. It might be Bible study. Uh, It it might be music. And that's one of the cool things, you know, when you listen to music, that that, uh, you're not going to get somebody's opinion about Jesus and the music. But the music, too, will be coming straight from Holy Scripture. And then, of course, worship. You've got all kinds of worship opportunities. Again, everything coming straight from the Bible. uh, Emphasizing, of course, the gospel that Jesus Christ loves and forgives us. Uh, uh so yeah that to me what makes KFO unique
0: Okay, thanks, thanks, John, for all those kind words, and, and again, thank you so much for uh, being part of this segment each week, booking all our fancy and special guests. really do appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> so, That's right, from around the world. So <laughs> I understand that you're on your cell phone right now, and you're sitting there at the Hook and Crook, so uh, if you could Yes, pa- <laughs> oh,
1: I'll, I'll hand it to St. Peter. Yeah, if you could pass, a good idea.
0: pass the phone over to St. Peter there, and all we'll right. just continue our conversation. And uh, we continue and we welcome back one of our regular guests, the Apostle Peter, proprietor of St. Peter's Hook and Crook, right down there at the Kaskaskian River uh, near where John lives. So, um, And, and, and don't, don't
1: forget, Gary, we're your St. Louis headquarters for all your fishing and
0: shepherding supplies and your hometown sheep dipping center. Uh, There's the commercial again. Uh, And and don't you forget, this is a non-commercial radio station, Peter.
1: Well, I I, I didn't consider that so much as a commercial, as an
0: infomercial. Let's get to the info part then, okay? Last week you (laughs) said you wanted to share with us your involvement in a key Easter story, but you didn't want to just give your personal take. You wanted to share that story from the Gospel of John.
1: Yes, and you know, before last week, I don't think I'd ever said publicly that the Gospel of John is my favorite of all the Gospels. And
0: it is. Uh, Which is not surprising, as you and John were good friends.
1: That is true. But also, I appreciate the kind way John treats me in his writing. I think John does a good job of telling my side of the story.
0: Which, again, is not surprising, as you and John were good friends. As I pointed out last week, John does leave many of the embarrassing episodes of your life out, but he does include the story of your greatest failure.
1: Well, you know, Gary, there's a fine line between putting the best construction on things and and an out-and-out (laughs) line. There are some things any true historical record would have to include. Uh, My denial of Jesus is one of those. But I remind you, John is also the one who records Jesus' forgiveness of those denials. Which brings us to what I want to discuss today from the Gospel of John, I might add.
0: Okay, by the way, Peter, though, I just wanted you to know your glowing words about John's Gospel inspired me to read through the whole book uh, just this last week. And you're right, he does give an accurate but fair picture of you. Where would you like me to start reading, Peter?
1: Well, let me set the scene as they start say. It had been two weeks since Easter, and we'd only seen Jesus twice.
0: You only saw him two times in two weeks? I would have thought Jesus would have been meeting with you every morning for breakfast.
1: Well, I think a lot of people have that impression. But the fact is, during those 40 days before Jesus ascended into heaven, uh, we only saw him a handful of times. Uh, Enough times and enough witnesses that there was no doubt that he had really risen from the dead but not so many times that our faith became dependent upon those appearances. Again, as I said, we hadn't seen Jesus for several days. I was getting a little anxious and suggested we do something familiar, uh, like fishing.
0: Well, you've always been a man of action.
1: Well, thank you, Gary. And I should point out that detail, again, is provided only in the Gospel of John.
0: And as are some other details of your leadership qualities, such as the fact that you were the only one who drew a sword to defend your Lord in the Garden of Gethsemane. Also, you ran down to the tomb right away when Mary told you that Jesus was alive. And oh, well,
1: yeah. Yes, and, and those are all examples that show I am a self-starter, a man of action, as you say. And yet, in every instance, my action plan came to nothing. Jesus told me to put my sword back in the sheath. When we got to the tomb, it was empty. And after being in the boat all night fishing, we didn't catch a single fish. Here's where we begin John's account, as found in chapter 21, verse 4 of his Gospel. If you'd read there, Gary.
0: Okay. Just as the day was breaking, Jesus stood on the shore, yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, children, do you have any fish? They answered him, no. He said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. So they cast it. And now they were not able to haul it all in because of the quantity of the fish. That disciple whom Jesus loved therefore said to Peter, it is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that, it was the Lord. He put on his outer garment, for he was stripped for work, and threw himself into the sea. I I see in the details, John, clearly indicates your friendship. To you alone, he says, it is the Lord. But, Peter, my question is, why do you swim ashore alone, leaving John and the others in the boat?
1: I, I think that should be obvious, Gary. You know, the last time I saw Jesus, he had predicted that I would deny him three times.
0: And that... Protection sadly came true.
1: You see, I had some
0: issues to settle with Jesus. And why didn't you just wait until you got to the shore and then make your apologies?
1: Well, they were apologies that I wanted to make privately, Gary. Uh, Not with all the rest of the guys there. Nowadays, I I know everyone knows the story of my betrayal. But but you have to remember, at this point, uh, the only one who knew of my indiscretion was Jesus himself. Uh, the other disciples didn't know about my denial. Uh, when the guards had come that night to arrest Jesus, they had all run away like so many frightened sheep.
0: As also had been predicted, but as I recall from my reading, John had accompanied you to where they took Jesus. Wouldn't he have known your denials then?
1: Well, uh, actually, more accurately, I had accompanied John. Uh, He actually was the man of action that day, going into the high priest's dwelling with Jesus. And then John came back and escorted me into the outer courtyard. But, But remember, he didn't stay in the courtyard. No, he went back into the high priest's house. You know, even Jesus himself was not a witness to my failure, as he was being examined by the Sanhedrin when I spoke my words of denial. You see, that's why I jumped off the boat. I hoped I could make my apologies with some privacy.
0: Ah, I bet that's also why you ran to the tomb that first Easter morning. You were hoping to get to Jesus before any, anybody else did.
1: Well, that plan didn't work out either, as, as John saw me leave in, and he, he actually beat me to the tomb. Well, not that it made any difference. It turned out Jesus wasn't there anywhere. But, but, but let's get back to this story. Uh, read on.
0: The other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they were not far from the land, but about a hundred yards off. When they got out on land, they saw the charcoal fire in place with fish laid out on it and bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish that you have just caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore full of very large fish, 153 of them. And although there were so many, the net was not torn. that's amazing that the net wasn't torn. I noticed the details about the boat not being far from land didn't give you much time alone with Jesus, did it? That's why you weren't able to make your apologies to Jesus, isn't it? The other disciples got to shore too quickly.
1: Well, you know, I I might have made my apologies. Uh, I might have had time if I just spit it out. (laughs) But, you know, like many other guilty men, I I hesitated and mumbled. And by the time I got up the courage, as you point out, the rest of the disciples were already on shore.
0: And then again, you became uh, a man of action, uh, uh, hopping on board and pulling in the net full of fish. What was that all about, Peter?
1: Well, I, I realized that in my eagerness to see Jesus, i made myself look like a lazy bum (laughs) well the net as it says was fuller than we'd ever seen it with such a load of fish you know i should have stayed there and helped them pull it ashore
0: i could see where you would be embarrassed it was like you left the others to do all the work but why then jump in and try to do it all yourself weren't you overcompensating just a little bit
1: well can't you see gary i I wanted to impress Jesus. I, I wanted him to see, despite my failure, I, I was still the same action-oriented, self-starting, hard-working disciple that had always been. Ah, uh, sadly, at, at that point, I didn't realize Jesus wasn't really looking for any of those things in a disciple. He was looking for something completely different.
0: What was he looking for, Peter?
1: Well, we'll, we'll talk about that in the future. But for right now, I want to point out another significant detail that that John includes. You know, John never makes stuff up, but he very carefully chooses the facts that he includes. Read again verse 9.
0: When they got out on land, they saw a charcoal fire in place with fish laid out on it and bread. All right, what's so significant about that, Peter?
1: But I, I thought you said you read the whole Gospel of John, and yet you don't see the importance of that small detail?
0: Mm, I'm afraid not.
1: Oh, well, go back to the story of my denial of Jesus as found in John 18, verse 18.
0: Now the servants and the officers had made a charcoal fire because it was cold, and they were standing and warming themselves. Peter also was with them, standing and warming himself. Ah, another charcoal fire. Ah, I see what you mean. You know, that detail seems to be minor that I just completely overlooked yeah, it.
1: But, but you can see what John had on his mind when he includes the description of the charcoal fire here. It, it was a charcoal fire at a charcoal fire hither that I denied the Lord. And it was at a charcoal fire that I was restored by the Lord. And that finally brings up the crucial part of the story and more details of John's gospel that I want to highlight. I tell you what, Gary, why don't you read the whole story for now, and then we'll come back next week and and look at it more closely.
0: From the Gospel of John, chapter 20. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him... Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. I I
1: want you to carefully contemplate the specifics of John's account of my restoration. You all know the story. Three times I denied Jesus. Three times Jesus restores me as his apostle. But look over those three restorations by Jesus in the English. Note the things that Jesus says, which are exactly the same, but more importantly, note the things that Jesus says that are different.
0: Oh, I can see what you mean. Already Peter, I guess I always assume that Jesus said the same thing to you all three times, but there were some minor differences.
1: Oh, they may seem minor to you, but they were of great significance to me. And the greatest difference of all you you can't even see in the English, but they are quite clear in the original Greek language. Next week, We'll talk about the importance of the differences in Jesus' words for me, oh, and for you as well.
0: And Peter, could I raise an additional question as well?
1: What 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 might that be?
0: Is there a significant, uh, symbolic significant, that is, that John says there were 153 fish in the net?
1: Oh, yes. yeah. John does love the symbolic numbers, doesn't he? Uh, they're all over his book of Revelation. Sure, sure, we can talk about that as well.
0: Well, uh, I've got another question for you. I noticed that when we started talking today, I first communicated with John Lecompsky, another friend of yours. And yes. he, he passed the phone. A,
1: fo- a <laughs> I'm a frequent shopper, by the way, at, at uh, P- St. Peter's Hook and Crook. Uh,
0: that was my question. Is he just there bothering you, or is he getting a sheep <laughs> dipped, or, or is he getting bait- well, his, bait, fish bait, or what is he doing here with you today?
1: The, the thing is, now that he's retired, he just kind of comes down and drinks all my coffee up. <laughs> that is a problem.
0: <laughs> yeah, I can imagine the two of you just sitting there all day long in the, the bait-and-tackle and, and sheep-dipping place and him uh, just bothering you when you're trying to get those sheep dipped and that bait sold. Yeah, it, it and... does
1: get to be a pain sometimes, but yeah. what do you do? What do you do? What He's else? been a good customer over the years. So.
0: Well, you can't blame that. He's been good for KFO too. a uh, Booking all you great guests. So uh, anyway, before John leaves today, uh, tell him I said bye, and I hope he has a good day with Lynn. And uh, tell John again we look forward to having him on our share coming up here in just a little bit on the, uh, later on this week. So, Will thanks. do. Oh, okay. Will do, Gary. We are the messenger of good news worldwide at KFUO.org.